0: Welcome to Do I Need My Racket podcast, brought to you by In Her Name Foundation. I am Cindy Swain, your host. This podcast features women in sports sharing their stories of heartache, stories of triumph, stories that inspire, and stories we can all learn from. Do I Need My Racket podcast challenges each of us to ask, What is my racket? And yes, you need your racket. Everyone has a racket because it is what we take with us in life and swing, hit, or miss. This is episode number 14. We need to talk about this. It is a story about a young woman's battle with anorexia nervosa, an eating disorder common in runners, swimmers, dancers, and gymnasts. Jaden Tice was on her way to start her collegiate running career at the University of Michigan, and before she was even able to take her first stride as a collegiate athlete, the door slammed shut. She did not pass her initial medical exam due to bilateral femoral neck fractures and a bone density scan the level of an osteoporotic 80-year-old. How did she get there? Well, Jaden was originally diagnosed with anorexia in middle school at the same time she started to run. And for Jaden, being lighter and thinner made her faster, and she was lightning fast, breaking middle school and high school running records, but then also being sidelined with multiple injuries. In high school, Jaden weighed 90 pounds and was 5 feet 2 inches. Eating disorders in athletes get swept under the rug because by being thinner, you're intrinsically rewarded by winning and being more nimble and also intrinsically rewarded by how you look, your body image. As women, we have been challenged by body image issues since the beginning of time. Stuffing ourselves in girdles, strapping on corsets and trusses, Botoxing our faces to get rid of wrinkles, fad diets, dyeing our hair, never leaving home without makeup, and so on. And society has created this image of what it is to be a perfect woman. But yet also, society continues to move the goalposts, making it harder, as we now have social media, photo editing, AI, generating images impossible to attain. Imagine if when we looked in the mirror every morning and saw that beautiful light in our eyes and that smile... Seeing past all those imperfections, and greeting ourselves with unconditional love. What a world it would be. But that is not what we see, that is not what we hear, and that is not what we tell ourselves. So body image and eating disorders most often start for girls in adolescence or middle school, and it is complicated, affecting individuals in different ways. Anorexia is basically a starvation diet. It is predominantly 85 to 95% in females, and currently 53% of adolescent girls report they are unhappy with their body image. By the age of 18, that percentage rate goes up to 78%. Yes, 78% of females at the age of 17 are unhappy with their body image. These numbers should be shocking, maybe even unbelievable. But I do remember a time when my kids were in middle school and as our group were lining up in front of the door, one girl was off to the side looking at a reflection in the window and I overheard her say to herself, I am so ugly. In middle school, it was heartbreaking. Well, Jaden's story goes from that heartache to triumph to inspiration. She is courageously speaking out to other young female athletes, inspiring them to be themselves, giving them knowledge she hopes will lead them down a better path. So, thank you, Jaden, for being brave and bringing our attention to a subject and telling us we need to talk about this. For my guest, I have Jaden Tice. Jaden, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jaden has a story to share about her journey running, high school, college, and body image. It's a subject that I think does not get enough attention, and Jaden has been willing to share her story with other athletes, talking to a high school team, and also she's been on a previous podcast talking about athletes and nutrition. I am very excited to have you here today, Jaden. So let's just start out. Uh, Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you got into running.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm from the Lansing area. Um, I started to get into running because my two oldest sisters also ran. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you the youngest of three? Yes, I am the youngest of three. Um, And yes, so my elementary school gym teacher encouraged my oldest sister to start cross country when she was in sixth grade and um the other two of us just followed along so um what did you like about running initially
0: the in, feeling afterwards or just running the freedom of running what did you like about running
1: yeah yeah i started running with my dad when i was in about second grade just mm-hmm. occasionally mm-hmm. um and i think it was just honestly it was something to do Mm -hmm. and it was um once I figured out okay I come from a very very competitive family right um and so once I figured out I was good at it I'm like oh I gotta continue this because I like to win so did did
0: your dad run in high school and college
1: he did not his high school did not have a cross-country track team okay but he likes to still run today yes yeah he's like
0: the 5k kind of guy um he just runs whenever he wants to just runs whenever yeah Oh, I love it. I love it. And you just recently graduated early from the University of Michigan with a degree in? Kinesiology or movement science. Movement science.
1: And you're waiting to hear about graduate school. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yes. So I am applying to, or I have applied to graduate school for um, dietetics to become a registered dietitian. And I have applied to Colorado State University um, and the University of Washington in Seattle. And you were telling me earlier that you would like to specialize in sports nutrition. Yes. Um, I find that, one, it is something that I find very interesting and prevalent in my past experiences, and also um, a way for me to essentially help people that were like me, or like, I guess, give the people that I, okay, let me start that over. Um, You're fine. Essentially be the um, or like provide the information that I needed or be as a kid. Yes. Yes. Um,
0: when I was talking to you about coming on the show, you shared with me that you started running early, but you also started with an eating issue when you were in middle school. Yes. Yes. And tell us a little bit about that and why it started then.
1: Um, so I guess okay when i was in seventh grade i was diagnosed with anorexia but i um issues started a couple or probably about uh, a few months prior to starting seventh grade mm-hmm. um and a lot of that was due to control for or like i guess i had a lack of control of a lot of the other factors in my life Um, uh, along with the whole myth that um um running or like thinner makes you faster thinner makes you faster yes. yes um and i'd like to emphasize the myth there so yeah um, and we can
0: talk about that in a minute but let's talk a little bit about middle school because you you started to just not eat enough yes. or you felt like you had to earn yes. what you were going to eat yes like you had to run hard enough and then i can eat that i yes. can have ice cream
1: mm-hmm. exactly um what yeah. kind of mileage were you running then in middle school, I don't know. Um, in high school, I would not run very much or else I'd get hurt. I'd run about like 15, 20 miles a week. Um, it was very low, especially for high school. Um, because in high school, I watched you run a race with your sister,
0: Olivia. And you were in Solfin. I yes. think I only got to see you run a couple of times. And you told me you were... How, how much did you weigh in high school? Like 90 pounds. I was tiny. Mm-hmm. And you... We're starting to have some health issues. So you didn't get to run a lot
1: in high school. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Tell us a little bit about the health issues you were having because of a lack of nutrition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really realize it was due to the lack of nutrition at that point in my life. But, um, yes, I would have, um, it started out with like shin splints or tendonitis and then, or I guess the inability to recover from, uh, hard workouts. Um, you just didn't have enough in the tank
0: to, you know, produce the
1: things at a muscle and cell level. Yeah. Dead reparation. Exactly. Um, and then eventually it got to bone stress injuries. Um, rather severe bone stress injuries, like femoral neck stress fractures and, and that is very serious. Yes. Uh, and that happened. How old were you when that happened? Um, my first one was probably, I was, almost 17. And then the second one was a little after I was 17. So 17. Yeah. They're both in the same year. Um, which not a good sign. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, because you know, the
0: femoral neck you have to have, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of structures that go through there. And if that gets damaged, you're looking at a total hip replacement. Yep. And yeah. And 17 is awfully young for that. Oh yes. But, but the good thing is you've recovered, you have healed, yes. stress fractures have healed. Your bone density is better, but it was quite a path to get to that point.
1: Oh, yes, yes. It was a lot of ups and downs, uh, probably more downs than ups. And talk about those.
0: What what were the down points for you when you're trying to figure this out as a teenager? You want to run, you can't, you're not feeling well. Talk about some of the hard things, the downs part of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it was, I was very invested in running. It was a huge huge identity of, um, or like who I was at the time. Um, it's still part of me, but it's not my whole identity. Like it was Mm -hmm. in high school or middle school.
0: Running was who you were. It's how you identified yourself. Yes. And the myth that you kind of followed then was that if you're thinner, you're faster. Mm -hmm. Talk
1: about that. Um, yes. So, I guess a lot of influences from the outside are like whether it be, um, like family members or, um, I guess social media wasn't super big or I wasn't super big in social media when I was in middle school. But like, I guess even seeing like professional runners, they're, they're smaller people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, because if you look at professional runners and you look at say
0: what you see on TV, the winners of the Boston marathon, Oh, they're tiny. Yeah. You you cannot tell me that those people don't have an eating issue at some level. Um, they're so, th- how, how do they run when they're so, so thin? I, I'm not sure,
1: but <laughs> I, I wouldn't say all of them have eating issues. It's, um, it's definitely, um, a balance of training and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you can, you can balance training and, it, um, your nutritional intake, um, and still be that small and, and how do you do that? I have no
0: idea. <laughs> um, I guess <laughs> and that's what you're going to learn to do yes. when you go to graduate school is balance intake with nutrition so that you can be comp- really competitive at a high level. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, essentially it's making sure you're eating enough, resting enough. That's another big thing is, um, a lot of people don't think of is recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be sleep or it be, um, like taking days off, et cetera, Uh, And and
0: you weren't really allowing yourself to do that, especially in high school. Oh, no, I was very, I had a lot of things going on. So your sophomore year, how much sleep did you get a night? Because you were taking all AP classes, you'd get home at seven after practice. How much sleep did you get a
1: night? I'd go to bed at like three, four in the morning. It was awful. I'd get like two hours of sleep every night Um, on on average. On average. Yes.
0: And then you decided to take a step back and not takes up any AP courses. So your junior year, it got better.
1: Yes. How much yes. sleep
0: did you get then? Like six hours. So still not adequate, but not adequate for a teenager. That's still developing. Yeah. No, cause I think sleep is critical for reparation. Oh yes. Because I've always told clients that I've worked with that your first four hours of sleep is just restoration of energy the second half of your sleep that's when you actually get into cell reparation Mm -hmm. so if you're only sleeping two to four hours you're never getting into that repair cycle which when you're competing at a high level like you were you never let those cells repair themselves so you're just predisposing yourself to more injuries so i had the luxury of um, watching you race against your older sister olivia and you were neck and neck and it was fun in one way because you could see the determination on your face. I'm not going to let her beat me, <laughs> but she did. She had a kick at the end. But that's about the only time I got to see you run. How come?
1: Probably because I was injured all the time. You
0: were. Um, did you know that what you were doing and not eating enough was causing the injury? I mean, did you relate that to what you no, were doing?
1: I I did not. Um,
0: at what point in your, t- in your running career did you finally realize that? I can't eat this way
1: and run and be healthy. Essentially my senior year of high school after my second femoral neck stress fracture, um, that is when I have no idea why. This is the first time we decided to get a bone density scan or a DEXA scan, Um, but we did. And we should have done it multiple years prior. But um, yes, that came back really badly. And I met with a couple different doctors and they were like, "Um, yeah, like this... (laughs) you got to change something. Mm -hmm. So it took me, I, I put on some weight, which was good. Um, but still like not enough to restore home hormones, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, did you have amenorrhea? Yes. Yes. Um, and that also leads to, uh, bone density issues. Amenorrhea is not having a menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. for how long? Um, I had never had, um, my first menstrual cycle, menstrual cycle. Um, up to that point so your senior year in high school. Yes. it took until, um, naturally until I was 19. So you were 19. Yes. So it was a little, it was my sophomore year of college. Um, my freshman year of college, I sort of, I would say like took a couple steps back, um, in terms of progress. Why? Um, how come? Because I was in the middle. Oh, I guess, um, I, um, was supposed to run at the university of michigan but right you 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 were headed to michigan with really
0: good prospect of running recruited
1: y- yes um i but then something happened yes unfortunately uh, the day that i got there i was informed that i due to my bone density was not going to be able to be on the team and was not medically cleared um and how did you feel when you heard that news oh that was awful that was like um because my, that's your whole identity
0: oh my gosh, that's
1: why you went to michigan that's why you exactly did all the stuff that you had been doing yeah yep yeah. my dad described it to a coworker as it's like a death in the family for me and honestly i couldn't describe it better it was yeah. it was definitely it heartbreaking. was devastating yeah um because yeah, something that i would ju- i had worked so hard for was just like ripped away from me in a moment and. Um, yeah, so that, would just, that ex- wasn't fun.
0: Yeah, that's hard. And that's hard to come back for because oh, yeah. what did you do? How did you, how did you overcome that? Um, what, what did you, did you have counseling? Did you,
1: who did you lean on? I, did they provide counseling for you? No, um, they, not very good about that. They did provide PT for, um, a hip issue, hip, hip issues. Yeah. Which was not, which was not a stress structure that time. It was just a little hip mm-hmm. flexor stuff, but so that was good, um, and yeah, so I just pretty much, I mean, my sister was also going there at the time. So I, I'd go over their house all the time because I'm like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be by myself. By yourself. Um, I'd go home quite a bit cause it was COVID and classes were all online. So when you got that news, um, did you stop running? I hadn't been running because of that hip issue, but uh-huh. then, um, I guess, okay, I took six months off after the state meet my senior year Mm -hmm. um, for cross country. Senior year in high school. Yes. Um, So I took exactly six months off and started running and then had the hip issue pop up in like August-ish. Actually, I think it popped up a couple different times because I was also very cautious at that point because Mm -hmm. I was nervous that I was going to fracture again. I did not want to fracture for the third time or... Um, make it worse it. yes exactly that again exactly and yes so I um wasn't really running at that point doing mostly cross-training probably too much cross-training at that point and mostly as I guess a coping mechanism like for dealing with um the I suppose the uncertain uncertainty of what was going on whether it be COVID or whether it be something uh, in your my box, future, your yeah. future. Yeah.
0: Did you, do you think you really went into a depression?
1: Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Um, I was not doing too hot, but, um, and did you seek some help on your own then? Um, yes, my, about November of my freshman year of, of college, um, I sought some help from a dietitian, mm-hmm. and, um, that woman changed everything for me. So how so, um, I don't even know. But just like also being there, um, just someone to be there for me. Um, in COVID. Yes. You don't have anybody to talk to. Exactly. And you finally think you get someone that's like this, this,
0: this person can help me.
1: Yes. And she was very eager to help me Mm -hmm. and like, okay, like I guess her confidence of, in her ability to help me, Mm -hmm. um, when I had absolutely nowhere to go or like no idea what to do. Exactly. Like, because
0: you went to school, you're not running. Yeah. You can't run because of your health. You, you, you completely lose your identity you're in the middle of covid mm-hmm. and your online classes and i could imagine that you probably just hit rock bottom
1: um i wouldn't say it was the lowest of lows but it was pretty darn low pretty darn low yeah,
0: yeah. um so when you started working with that dietitian you probably started eating better um
1: yes and then just just
0: with a, a good basis of nutrition you probably started feeling better
1: yeah yeah definitely um i worked with her for about five months um in the first couple months it was more of like challenging those disordered eating thoughts and like Mm -hmm. stuff like that that i was still struggling with because you were
0: diagnosed with anorexia yes yes when
1: you were quite young yeah i was in i was probably 11 or 12 and 7th when you got the official diagnosis yes
0: and was there not anybody tracking you through that even though you had the diagnosis they just gave it to you and let you say okay this is what it is or did you have some some sort of medical follow-up yeah
1: yeah i i'd go to the pediatrician all the time it really didn't do anything yeah but um it was more for like weight checks and weight check and
0: just eat more and talk to you about what you should be doing and but you never really had did you ever have any formal counseling yeah
1: i i also did around that time period um that i was also at that point in my life i was not really looking for help so, and that's huge when it comes to that. Like Cause the you don't know that you site. need it. Yes. And that's kind of scary. I'm like, I'm fine. Um, so I kind of just, what, what changed your mind on that? Um, it took until my freshman year of college, I would mm-hmm. say, um, I'm very much a independent person. I'm like, I can do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and also, um, I guess i'm not very open or i wasn't very open at that point mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i was very um not vulnerable.
0: that's not necessarily uncommon with a teenager yes. either because that's kind of like the the mentality i mean i raised three kids three teenagers, yeah. and it's like i could do this i can do this i'm gonna do this on my own and even though you you kind of know what they need you have to kind of find it on your own because when you find yeah. it on your own it has much more meaning mm-hmm. and depth than if someone says a parent obviously, or someone close to you, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And then you're like, well, I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. So what kind of, what changed there? You got to college and you realized I can't do this on my own. Yeah.
1: I I definitely realized that I'm like, I cannot keep living the way that I'm living. That was a thought that ran through my head so many different times. Um, I, and then that's when I started like researching different dietitians more because I had said like, a year prior, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start working with a dietitian. I like told my mom that, and we're definitely, when it comes to things like that, that aren't like deadline, we, we kind of put them off. Just and, put it off. Yeah. yeah. So so I, you got to the dietitian and then did you get a
0: counsel like a counselor after that?
1: Um, later on, yes, mm-hmm. a few years later, but, um, she kind of was served as my just kind of did a little bit yeah, of everything. Yeah. Because you are in the middle of COVID, exactly. so it's a little hard to access things. Yes. At least it was then at the start of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we really worked on the psychological side of the disordered eating. Disordered eating and, um, and and tell me a little bit about that. So when you have that disorder,
0: what is the psychological side that you work on?
1: Um, Essentially, like, um, I guess it's from what I understand, it's pretty common to like essentially have different rules of food like um or like around food meaning like what were your rules oh that's a good question um like there'd be i know at one point in my life it's like oh i can't eat after like x hour i don't remember what time Mm -hmm. um that was more when i was like in the thick of my actual eating disorder rather than like the lingering disordered thoughts Mm -hmm. um
0: um so you would just deprive yourself like say for instance you'd come home and after six o'clock i'm not gonna eat anymore
1: yeah tomorrow yeah even though you'd probably just done a big workout oh yeah i mean in middle school i feel like i would just train a lot during the season and then in the off and mostly in the off season was when i really really struggled Mm -hmm. um and so i wasn't i wasn't doing anything at the time which was good because then i'd be even more of a deficit Mm -hmm. but um yes so i would say that like just like challenging those rules, um, there was once, um, or like even, I guess the, um, I guess there, okay. There was other people in the program with me, and like um, with the program the, with, with the, with the, the dietitian. dietitian, yes, okay. um, with eating disorders, yes, okay, or so like you're kind of in a group, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so that was nice. There was like group calls and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and we could all chat, have other people to um, like going through similar things, mm-hmm. but like a lot of like there was one where we're like okay the dietitian it's like not something you'd think a typical dietitian would challenge you to but like all all you guys have to go to mcdonald's and um like a big mac uh, just like order something i it, it was so good uh i was like uh i haven't had this in years this is amazing um and you were just like i gotta do this again yeah um and it's not like
0: I think what she was trying to teach you is like you can go to McDonald's and eat a eat a big mac or or, or order fries or whatever, and you're going to be fine after. Yeah, your world's not going to end. You're but, not gonna. But I think it's the control. Exactly. It's like it. Yeah, that's the thing I I hear is like everything else in my life is totally crazy, mm-hmm. but the one thing I can have control over is eating.
1: Yes, that's. I feel like where stems for a lot of people mm-hmm. is the control. Yes um whether it be in performance or in just like everyday life um mm-hmm. control over like how well i'm running etc um mm-hmm. even though in the long run it doesn't work mm-hmm. um, right because we talked about that it's kind of a myth the thinner you are yes the faster you are to a point and then your body starts to break down oh yes if you're not like i guess i that i see that all the time with like high school runners who pretty lean in high school and they do really really well and then they get to college and all of a sudden you're like where the heck did they go um i haven't seen anything from yeah, them because they have to drop out because of health reasons exactly yeah um, there's a
0: high percentage of of runners especially girls mm-hmm. um we looked at this as, we looked up some statistics earlier and it's it's a higher percentage of girls running gymnastics dance you know this performance where it's body image um have eating issues around that mm-hmm. and that's a really common thing uh, when I was talking to a high school coach about cross country and track uh, he had mentioned that you see a lot of really good runners in high school and then you don't see them anymore yep a large percentage
1: dropout yep or they're still there but they're they never competed or they competed a few times and they're injured yep Constantly injured in the training room, et cetera. um, so going back to okay, you felt like you had to control your life. That's
0: part of it. Mm-hmm. And did you feel anxious when you weren't in control or nervous? um, or was it more of a calming thing okay this 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 kind of this is what i I kind of need right now.
1: I feel like it was more of a coping mechanism, okay um i up until like probably. I got into college whenever someone's like, uh, or at like the doctor's office, they're like, um, do you have feelings of anxiety? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, okay. <laughs> so okay. I, because that's
0: good to know because I think a lot of, you know, people, there's a lot of association with
1: anxiety and depression and yes, eating disorders. And yes, some people for sure. and some people don't. I would definitely say depression tied into mine just with like my sister's eating disorder. And
0: mm-hmm. so you had an older
1: sister that was struggling
0: with the same thing yes. too.
1: And she as well went to the university of Michigan. Mm-hmm
0: and attempted to run and never competed yes so getting back to again the control um what part of that was inspired by body image where you either you know runners gymnasts dancers it's more on social media now and i think it's a you know it just becomes more and more on social media by the way we look our appearance what part of that played into it for you or did it at all
1: yeah yeah for sure um i mean i was always a relatively small child and essentially like as i kept running um and stuff i would definitely get praised in like um for being leaner thinner especially in high school um you were lightning fast oh yeah i got to see you run in high school but you were 90 pounds yeah i was tiny
0: but and today just so that listeners know you look amazing how much do you weigh now oh
1: that's a good question like 130 and you look fantastic yes yes are you comfortable so much better weight uh yes it's so much better Uh, so that's 40 pounds it's i cannot imagine i but you look
0: healthy yes you look like a different woman now yeah when i saw you run in high school
1: oh yeah yeah i I'm sure I would have felt a lot better yeah. if I um, weighed that much more, but yeah, um, would have avoided a lot of the health, a lot of the health issues. Well, yeah, of course, hindsight
0: is always twenty twenty, and yes. when you're young like that, you don't have the insight mm-hmm. that you do when you get a little bit older. Because yeah. now you've been through that, and you have a little bit of insight. Okay, I would have done this. I wished I would have known this sooner. Yeah, but what you're doing now is speaking out. Yes, yes, about it, and you shared. Uh, your story with a group of high school, uh, cross country runners this last summer, what did you tell them?
1: Yeah. So pretty much, um, a lot of what, um, the coach wanted me to talk about was things I wish I knew in high school. And that's essentially a lot of like, um, I showed my favorite graph ever, which is, um, uh, me nerding out, um, on a graph, but, um, it's your daily energy daily energy expenditure which is essentially uh um, i guess how many calories you burn in a day mm-hmm. and the small percentage that exercise makes the difference it makes like 5 to 10% and it's nothing compared to That's, like what you actually need
0: exactly so because on average at that age you probably i'm going to say roughly 2000 calories yeah and you know you run 5 miles you're only burning 500 calories yeah so that it it you know it's not that big of a deal to uh,
1: to eat more or eat the eat, on average twenty five hundred calories. What like, you need to eat. Yes, and like so, if you take a rest day, you don't have to eat like less than half of that. I struggled with that at one point of like oh like especially like with having to earn your food. Like so, if you if you took a rest day, you just didn't eat. Um, I would eat, but just like not as much or mm-hmm. like more vegetables. Um, mm-hmm. but um, yes. Yeah, so, so you shared the graph, What else did you talk to? What about the emotional part? um i I didn't really know them very well, so I didn't know how deep to go. Sure. Well, you can go as deep as you want here. um yeah i I didn't go super, super deep, but i was I definitely talked about like, um i a lot of it was aimed more towards the females because i I'm not a male, and I <laughs> well, also right. like hormones right um, I'm more familiar with like. The menstrual cycle and stuff like that. Did you talk to them about that? Yes. And that, like, if that's not or like I talked to them about like amenorrhea and red S, um, Mm -hmm. which is relative, relative energy deficiency in sport. Um, and what does that mean? It's essentially, um, low energy availability. So you're not eating enough, um, for how much you're, um, doing or you're doing too much for how much you're eating essentially can go either way or both. So you just need to come to a balance. Exactly. Were
0: Were those kids receptive? Because I know there's a couple of kids. I think the group you talked to, they're pretty thin. Um. Yeah. I mean, were they receptive to what you had to say?
1: They They didn't say anything other than, uh, or they didn't really say much. I feel like they just kind of sat there and listened. So uh-huh. hopefully they absorbed some of it because well, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Um, did you just Did you just come off and say?
0: I wished I would have known this when I was in high school because this is what happened to me. Yeah. I was going away to college thinking I was going to be an elite runner and the door slammed shut and I had femoral neck fractures. Did you share that with them?
1: Um, I don't know how, I don't think I got really specific with the injuries and stuff, but I definitely emphasized like how important it is to have that energy balance and Mm -hmm. to, um, Like if you want to go far in the sport, you have to like the things you do now will impact what you do in Mm -hmm. the future because essentially by what I did in for six years, um, middle school through high school, um, screwed me over for the next like four um, plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it wasn't, it was not a sustainable, um, way to live and, um, I, Not at
0: 90 pounds. How tall are you?
1: I was like 5'2 at the time. I'm now 5'4 because once I actually started like fueling my body correctly, True. I grew two inches <laughs> and I was 19 years old. Yeah, um, it's been waiting all those years. Yes, it was wonderful. Yeah. All of a sudden I shot up two inches and I'm like, dang, this is great. Yeah. So, and you want?
0: do you ever wonder if how tall you would have been if you would have eaten?
1: Yes. I don't think I would have been much taller because... Um, I think I could have been like 5'5", maybe Maybe 5'6". Stretched to 5'6", but that's like four inches. Yeah, that would have been nice. Could reach things on taller shelves. Right, Um, right. But yeah, um, I do wonder a lot um, on how my life would have differed if I would have um, done things correctly the first time Mm -hmm. um, and not had to go through trial and error or even like if I had done things um, better sooner mm-hmm. rather than later like my sophomore year, or my freshman year of high school rather than my freshman year of college right stuff like that um right. so yes i i definitely uh, like i guess the take home mes- message of my presentation i hope was that like if you want to go far or like or i guess essentially like the huge impact that nutrition has on um, running and being able to perform well and perform in the sport for mm-hmm. a long time, whether it be running or other sports. So you have to eat. Yes. Um, and the right stuff as well, I guess. Okay. The right amount of so carbs like, right carbs. carbs so we talk proteins. about the right
0: stuff. So what would be the right stuff that you would tell someone running today
1: that they need to eat be, be aware of? Um, carbs. Um, a lot of times they are demonized in what we call diet culture. Um, so essentially like, what you see on tv and constantly advertised for um low like, carb yes low carb keto all that stuff when in reality um it's not especially for athletes you gotta uh, have the carbs yes um that, that's that's what uh, is the energy the other thing is protein yes protein healthy fats as well good for hormones um mm-hmm. and Fat is necessary on your body. Yes, <laughs> and fat is. And so
0: because you have to be attain a certain weight as a young female to start mm-hmm. your menstrual cycle. Exactly. And if that doesn't start, then that just creates just a, a, an avalanche of health problems as you get older. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, you know, childbearing age, you, you know, you it affects your bones and or infertility issues. Yes, yes. And osteoporosis mm-hmm. and more fractures along, along the way. And. The good thing
1: is, is when you're younger, you
0: can correct
1: that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Because your bones are healthy now.
1: Yes. Um, I believe your bones, you reach peak bone mass around age 30. Mm-hmm. Or it starts to decline around 30. Um, so essentially, still some time. So that's good news. But So your bone mass is improving? Yes. Is it where you want it? No. Um, I would say I want to get it as um dense as possible before it starts to decline because then I can continue doing all the activities that I want to do without worrying about health consequences. Yes. So
0: what kinds of things do you do to increase your bone mass? Um do you have supplements?
1: Do you eat more of a certain type of food? I well making sure you get enough food is huge and then um I guess getting like all the macronutrient macronutrients so carbs, proteins, fats. Along with vitamins and minerals are good too. Do you um, take any supplements? I, I do take calcium and magnesium, but that's for um other health per- right. like migraines. Yeah. Do you uh, take vitamin D? I do take vitamin D as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are important for bone health. Um not recommending that those are necessary for every or for, for good bone health, but um they certainly help. they can help. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but you also, you can get those in your diet, like through dairy products, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but sometimes when you have such a huge deficit, you've got to jumpstart exactly. with some supplements. Yes.
1: Um, it sounds like you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So just adding those extra nutrients. Um, so then you can build your bones back up or, um, do you have like a percentage? Do you know what your percentage is
0: right now? Bone density? But I do not. Do you just know that you're still not where a what are you 21 yes a 21 year old female should be
1: a lot of the times they do it in standard deviations Mm -hmm. um or i guess i don't know z scores Mm -hmm. t scores i can't remember which one's standard deviation which one's standard error but um yeah so one of those the last i knew it was negative 0.4 which is so much better than it was what was it it was worse negative 3.6 wow which is they diagnosed osteoporosis for older women at or I guess older individuals at negative two point five, I think.
0: So you were like in the osteoporotic oh, yes. category. It was bad. At what age? Uh seventeen. Wow. Um that It, is bad. it no was bad. No wonder you really had on neck. Yes. And they that, that you know, Michigan University of Michigan did do the right thing. Yes. Oh, for
1: sure. I Even though it was completely devastating, but you can't run. It took a while to come to terms with, but looking back, I'm like, that is the best thing they could have done. If not, I wouldn't have worked with a dietitian. I wouldn't have changed anything so much stuff. So looking back, a lot of good things happened. Um, Still not the favorable outcome for like my high school self would have desired, Mm -hmm. but um, getting things back on track. That was huge. So, so, if you had to say to the
0: listeners out there, what would be one thing that you could think of that we haven't talked about that you just want young athletes to know? What would be the one thing you'd want to tell them? Um, hmm. I feel like there's a lot, but
1: um, I'm sure there's a lot. You could, you can. It can be more than one. Hmm. I would definitely say, like, hmm. you don't have to earn your food you deserve it by living um also um in my opinion in terms of sports it's better to eat too much and have some extra energy to like go to places whether that be repairing Mm -hmm. um, damaged tissues etc than to not eat enough because in the long run that's going to come back and bite you in the butt.
0: It is. I have a question though. You know, I just thought of this. So a lot of times in track and cross country, they'd have like pizza nights or pasta before. Mm-hmm. Did you indulge in those nights? Like pre? I,
1: I, I loved, um, oh my gosh, pasta parties. That's what they're called. Yeah. Pasta parties. Uh, lovely. They were amazing. Um, but did you eat? Yes, I did, but I feel like probably could have eaten more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would definitely, um, I, I was the kid I'd eat like a dessert, Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I wouldn't eat maybe not every single time or like whatever, which is like totally fine, but I am very much a sweet tooth person. So (laughs) that's not really like me. I'm like, what's your favorite food now? What do you like? Okay. Favorite food of all time is oatmeal because it's so versatile. (laughs) Do you put anything on your oatmeal? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What do you Um, like to put on it? Oh Usually I'll do baked oatmeal and it's like quadruple chocolate and it's amazing. Oh, I like baked um, oatmeal. Yes. It's so good. Um, that's, that's my jam. Um, yep. but what about like a, a treat, treat like ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. What's your favorite ice cream? Um, I love a good like Hudsonville, Michigan pothole ice cream, oh, which is like dark yeah. chocolate and fudge and brownie and beauty. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. So, um, well, when we get to the end of every podcast, you've listened to a few of the episodes, you've listened to my story, episode one, and you know why we've named it. Do I need my racket? Mm -hmm.
1: So Jaden, what is your racket? I would definitely say perseverance. Um, I am the person that does not give up. I've had multiple people comment on that and throughout you, you, my life yeah you, you know and you've had times where you felt like it oh yeah um definitely times where we've we've hit rock bottom and just no idea to go or where to go but i guess trying to find some sort of hope um even in those really really dark places mm-hmm. um whether that be um in terms of like someone to talk to yes yeah or just someone to be around like oh there's, uh, there's like there's something to look forward to um what do you look forward to now in life um that's a good question um i honestly like any interaction i enjoy interacting with people um i were you
0: looking forward to coming and interviewing with me
1: yes it was i've been Yes, so? yeah I, I like okay being able to help someone uh-huh um that's a huge light um and because this is a great story. Yeah. And it's going to go out to a lot of kids
0: and, and adults to hear about a subject we don't talk about enough. Yeah, at. exactly. Eating disorders
1: and athletes get swept under the rug. Yeah, I feel like it's becoming more and more talked about, which is really good. Mm-hmm. I wish it was talked about sooner because it could have maybe changed your life. Yeah, maybe changed my life. But, um, but I'm it's hoping... a, you know,
0: weight is a touchy subject and it's a touchy subject with girls.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to note that, like, my weights, obviously, the 90 pounds is not good for anyone unless you're like seven, but like, (laughs) um, um, obviously it's genetic. It's, um, there's so many, so many factors, environmental, um, genetics, genetics. yeah, everything. Um, even like, I guess your body, um, like whether you have like larger bones or I'm definitely a smaller bone person. Mm -hmm. Um, but like so many things play a factor. So obviously like my healthy weight, is not going to be someone else's healthy weight even if they're the same height as exactly. me exactly um so like bmi um so body mass index what they measure at the doctor and mm-hmm. categorize you using that not a good individual health um predictor or anything like that it's it's more for population stuff
0: um, right it is correct that is correct yes but they do that's that's kind of the go-to in doctor's yeah offices. oh for sure i mean okay so your bmi is here but they never tell you what that means. Exactly. Um, they're they like, just oh. like, oh, it's in the range here, mm-hmm. but okay. So it's a little bit lower than normal, you know. I, I, yeah. It's, but it's the, it's the go-to standard for general you know, yes, doctor's yes. appointments. They're not
1: going to go give everyone a body composition test. No. Um, that would be a little, really a little expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Although we should. It
0: should yeah. be available because I think it would give a lot of people information. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, you know, I can see that in talking to you, um, in watching you in high school run seeing you at 90 pounds chasing your sister around the track going for that record because i think you still have a cross-country record
1: there uh i'm number two on the record board i i have no more records um my sister either broke them um or um they were broken after the fact or i never got it in the first place um but but i've seen you at 90
0: pounds and i see you now you graduated You're looking forward to graduate school, either at Colorado State or University of Washington. And uh, perseverance, yes, I can understand why that would be your racket. Yeah. It's got you through this. Oh, yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Jaden. And I look forward to talking with you in your future and checking in on how you're doing. Thank you so much. All right. You're very welcome. This podcast is meant to start the conversation about a very complicated and complex disorder. So after our interview, I reached out to dietitian Danielle Skinner, who is currently media lead for Meyer. Meyer is an upper Midwest grocer and department store. Here are some of her thoughts. One, yes, we do need to talk about this because what is a profound story of one such as Jaden is a hidden story for many others so start that conversation today two put down the cell phone step away from social media as kids today are being bombarded with unrealistic messages about body image and three as a parent start the narrative about the whole person highlight inner strength and grace and beauty Danielle, along with Meyer, promotes and recommends watching Dove Body Confidence videos. I googled it, and I scrolled down to the one that says the cost of beauty. It will make you cry, but hopefully, for those out there listening, it might start the conversation. Anorexia nervosa going untreated can be detrimental to development, especially to adolescents. It affects brain health, causing memory loss, depression, changes brain chemistry, and can even affect the neural pathways. It decreases the heart rate, decreases blood pressure, resulting in in some cases, extreme cases, heart failure, and even death. It changes the blood chemistry, causing anemia. It can make the hair thin and brittle. And last, it causes hormonal imbalances that does affect bone density, making you predisposed to injury. Again, help is available. Start that conversation. The National Association of Anorexia and Associated Disorders hotline number is 888-375-7767. It is available from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, every day of the week. Or you can email hello at anad.org. And lastly, for Jaden and all those others out there in which their story goes untold, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to Stevie Wonder who was one of Motown's finest from 1976. He sang this without sight, without technology, and without social media, listen to what he said about his newborn daughter, Aisha. Thanks again to Tutor Big from Big Sound and Lighting for editing and producing this podcast. And thank you again for all of you out there listening to the show. For more information about In Her Name Foundation, visit our website at inhernamefoundation.org. Join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our newsletter. Or make a donation. We look forward to meeting all of you again and sharing our next episode of inspiration until then see you next time and be prepared to bring your racket.